And welcome back, high and wide listeners, to another edition of Full Circle. I'm your host, as always, Jack Smith, and with me, as always, is Steve Ferrari. This is the home of the Metro Report, as well as the Metro Deep Dives, which we are just trugging through here, almost there. Two more teams to go. Today, we're going to talk about the New York Islanders. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to remind you that Yeats is the official. We're not live. I don't know why I'm doing that, Steve. Um, is the official <laughs> sunglasses of HW. Uh, use the promo code HW to save 50, uh, 10% or more. And visit their website, yeats.com, for some stylish new shades. I'd show you mine like I just tried to, but you can't see me. Just take it from me. I am the Flyers version of Randy Savage. You can't do much better than that. And also check out my bookie. My bookie used the promo code high and wide. You can double your first deposit almost or up to $2,000. So check that out because there's a lot going on. And if I were you, there's two teams that would not be betting uh, for, and that would be the Flyers and the Islanders. And we're going to get into that right now. So I'll lay it out for you, Steve. We will discuss how the Metro has been going because we're already at the end of November here. Thanksgiving is upon us. Crazy. Uh, you're listening today. It's the 22nd of November. We're still doing our deep dives, but we're almost there. Um, figure we talk about the Islanders this week as the Flyers will play them and we'll see them shortly. Um, yeah, this is a team that went within what really a goal of uh, Stanley Cup Finals, and they took they probably were Tampa Bay's best test back-to-back years facing them in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost in Game 6 two years ago, and last year they lost in Game 7 in a one nothing affair. Very tough to swallow. Since then, we looked at what they did in the offseason, and it wasn't a whole lot. Uh, not any trades went down, major anyway, that I can think of. Seattle selected Jordan Eberle from them, which is one of the pricier players that Seattle selected. And a lot of people thought that they were doing um, Lou Lamorello a, a favor, I know Everly's got some skill. He's just older. Um, but he, they did bring in – and they also lost Nick Letty. Uh, was that a trade? Did they trade him to get rid of his contract, like Detroit or something? Uh, I believe he went to uh, – Nick Letty was Detroit. Andrew Ladd went to Arizona. Oh, they got rid of Andrew Ladd too. Gee, I'm afraid yeah. of that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting rid of some – I don't want to say dead cap because Letty and um, Everly were contributors to the team in some way, shape, or form. But nevertheless – those three players technically are no longer with the team. They do bring in Zach Parise, Lou Lamorello, Oldie, as well as Dano Chara, who started his career with the, uh, with the Islanders, which a lot of people surprisingly do not know unless they're reminded of it. Um, and let's not forget, they're getting Anders Lee back, who going into last year was a big part, well, going two years ago, was a big part of why they were as successful as they were. Got hurt last year pretty early on. And they still went to Game Seven and Stanley of uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Steve, just real quick, your thoughts on losing Ed Berlay, some of the guys they sent out, and some of the guys they brought in. It, it was a strange off. It was a very Lou esque off season. They really didn't make any big splashes. They didn't really lose any major pieces. Uh, I would argue Everly fit in well there, and I think that is proving to be a pretty decent sized loss considering the way that they've been playing. Um, but really my thing with them is they, they just, they didn't get any better in a division where Carolina came back. Um, Columbus came back. Anyway, we know Columbus isn't going to light the world on fire or anything, but I, I just felt like there was always this 
this thing with them. They're, they're kind of the, you mentioned it when they played lightning. They're like the anti lightning where they're, they want to slow things down. They want to muck it up. And you know what? That style almost got them to the Stanley cup finals. But I feel like in today's NHL, it's really hard to sustain that over a long period of time. I give Barry Trotz all the credit in the world. I think he's an incredible coach, but there is something to be said for allowing your players some added creativity uh, considering some of the guys that they have on the roster and Barzell and Bavillier, um, Kyle Palmieri is a nice ad at five mil a year at, at 30. Um, I know he was brought in the previous season, but I, I just don't see uh, enough scoring from this team. Um, right now you've got Brock Nelson leading in goals with nine. Um, no other player has more than five. Um, so it's kind of, it's a weird situation that they're in. I, I I think the defensive game has suited them well for a couple years, but they're going to be in trouble if they can't start putting the puck in the back of the net. And I don't see that letting up anytime soon. And that's always been the thing with the Islanders. And you just reminded me of something. They um, Palmieri was a trade deadline acquisition that they managed to keep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was highly suspect that um, – Casey Zizekas would have been moving out of town and they managed to keep him in that pretty good fourth line together, that fourth line that really can just shut teams down and provide a little bit of scoring. It definitely hurt the Flyers plenty of times. Um, but when I look at some of their projected lineups, and we they've obviously have played at this point, guys that you would expect to take the next step are some of their younger guys who aren't making a whole lot. And I don't have their stats right in front of me right now, so I'm just going to ask you and tell me if I'm on the nose with this. How are Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Dobson doing? So Wallstrom's got five goals, but he has no assists. Um, and then Noah Dobson, Dobson has no goals and he has four assists. So for the season that they're having, you could say that both of them are, are a bit disappointing. Um, overall, uh, Dobson is actually a plus one, surprisingly. Um, Wallstrom, uh, he falls in at a minus two. Um, but he's still only playing 13, 20 a game. Uh, I, I'm with you, though. Wallstrom was one of the guys that I really thought needed to step up for them in the playoffs. And this year, five goals are nice, but he hasn't scored in his last, it looks like, six games, seven games. Um, they're on a six-game losing streak. But I just don't feel like they have enough scoring through, throughout the lineup to sustain um, those guys going cold. Yeah, it's funny. The uh, That draft year, I want to say 2018, it was the Jack Hughes, Wallstrom, Farabee line. And right now, Wallstrom's the following up the pack. Like, yep. he is definitely the third man right now. They did not think that. Obviously, Hughes is number one. But uh, Wallstrom went higher in that draft, and everybody thought he was going to. I thought yeah, he's who I wanted, honestly. Him or Dobson. Yes, I had to. I had to drop Dobson from fantasy finally. I had, the, um, had him on a one. And I was like, I need the room. I need to get somebody in here who's producing. And I know he's not – his long-term outlook isn't – bad yet or anything like that um but it's just not producing at the clip i think they would ho- have hoped at you know it's just, maybe it's a slower climb than we realize um but yeah it looks like wallstrom's gotta be playing on what the third line uh, i believe he's playing on the third line now yeah just going by minutes a game and it's funny in this projected lineups by nhl.com at the beginning of the season they saw barzell centering wallstrom and lee uh the second line being nelson bolivier bolivier excuse me and uh Bailey, and then the third line being Palmieri, Parise, and Pajot, the triple P line. I think they I think they did that because they like that. And then obviously the fourth line, which is still cemented. And the um, defensive pairings, which I kind of agree with the first pairing, 
kind of agree with all of them, honestly, move things around, but it's Pellick and Pollock. And Pellick's on that big extension. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, you know, say what you will about that. I think it was a good, smart move to lock him up. I think he's a very good, underrated for a while. I don't think he's not so underrated anymore. So they locked him up. Uh, Chara, uh, we already discussed. No adoption, we already discussed. That's the second pairing, according to this. I'm sure that's been moved around at this point. Andy Green's still there since they acquired him, I want to say, two years ago. Um, and Scott Mayfield uh, is the uh, the other one backing up. I, I'm not 100% sure uh, about some of their depth pieces, but um, they seem like, you know, when you throw in Varlamov and uh, Sorokin and Trotz is still the, the coach, like it seems like they, if anything, will have some issues scoring. It shouldn't be that bad, um, but they have a lot, a lot going for. This is a team that's been to the Eastern Conference Finals twice who – if Tampa wins again, that means they would have lost to a dynasty both times. Um, and here they are early in the season at the bottom of the division, which is a good division, but they've played 15 games. They're five, eight and two for 12 points. They're a minus 16 on the goal differential. So Steve, just thoughts on what the hell's going on with them this year. Now, the only thing I'll say is a, is a little bit of a caveat. They did play their first 13 games on the road with uh, UBS Arena getting finished. They they had their first home game on Saturday um, and then another one on Sunday, which they lost both of them. The Flames beat them up pretty good. And then I believe Toronto shut them out last night. Um, but it's if I looking at the standings in the Metro, you've got two teams with a minus one goal differential in the Flyers and the Devils, two teams with a even goal differential in Pittsburgh and the Rangers, and then Columbus at plus three and Washington, Carolina, uh, plus 20 and plus 24 respectively. And then you got the Islanders at minus 16. It's just, that just seems so out of whack considering that they should always be a plus with that system. They play in those two goalies. Um, now I'm glad you mentioned the goalies. Varlamov has not been great. Um, he's got a, a sub 900 save percentage, which in today's NHL is very difficult to win. Um, that was that seemed to be one of the things that always was hampering Bob in the fa- past few years. He would look good, but his save percentage just wasn't there. And right now, Varlamov's just not playing well for the team. Um, Sorokin has been playing quite well, but they're not getting goal support. So, it, I mean, it really doesn't matter as far as goals allowed. They're they're right near the top of the division. Um, and the top of the Eastern Conference. But then you look at goals four, they have 31 goals for the Flyers are the next closest in the division with 43. Like that's just not a recipe to win games. You're averaging barely over two goals a game. And this was the thing that I kept harping on year after year with the Islanders and seeing them win. And it's just, I scratch my head because it's like boring, muck it up. And it, that felt like the nineties devils a little bit. I really wonder if that's starting to catch up to them. And and Barzell, I know he signed the extension, but a guy like him, I would love to see him in a system where he can basically do whatever he wants. He's that good. He He's a, a magician with the puck, but I think some of what Trotz preaches holds him back. And you wonder is, is maybe Trotz losing that voice in the room where the guys aren't quite buying in the same way they have the past couple of years. Yeah, it's definitely something to consider. I'm looking at their how they started the season, and it makes sense what you said with all their 13 road games. Mm-hmm. They, um, unfortunately, they started off the season against some really good teams. I mean, they started against Carolina and Florida right away. Those are two L's. Beat Chicago, who's been a team that's looked pretty bad this year. Uh, Columbus beat them in a shootout, which is – Columbus has surprised us a little bit. I'm sorry, overtime, not a shootout. Uh, they beat Arizona. Arizona is one of the worst teams in the history of the league right now. 
Um, <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights, two nothing win, but they've been hit with the injury bug pretty hard. I was at that game, and I'll tell you this much: Vegas had absolutely nothing that night. They they couldn't generate chances, and uh, Sorokin was in net, and he played unbelievable. So that one was a two nothing win, but that was that was the team game that the Islanders I expect to play. Hmm. And one thing about the Islanders is, and I'm going to finish up to how they've been doing, but like they don't typically have the best regular seasons and they'll yeah. pick it up when they need to, and they'll sneak into the playoffs. And then there they are. They're the, they're representing the, uh, the Metro again. Um, but just to finish this out, they lost in a shootout to uh, Nashville. Then they went on to beat Montreal and Winnipeg. By the way, all those games I just listed, apparently Sorokin started all nine yep. of those games in a row before Varlamov stepped in and lost 5-2 to two to Minnesota. Then they went back to Sorokin. They lost 4 nothing to New Jersey. Back to the Varlamov, and it was probably a back-to-back because they, it was at Tampa. They lost 4-1. to one. Sorokin the next night, they lost 6-1 to one at Florida. And like <laughs> you stated, they went back to Varlamov. They lost 5-2 to two to Calgary. But back to Sorokin, they lost 3 nothing to Toronto. Of the teams I've listed, all but – Arizona, Chicago, and maybe Nashville, maybe Minnesota have been like pretty good teams, but still like to not the only wins this year have come against Chicago, Arizona, the Knights, Montreal, and Winnipeg. And they're currently on a one, two, three, six game losing streak. Yep. Like that, that is rough. And I'm looking at their goals for in that they've scored in the last six games, they've scored four goals. Like winning, winning formula right there. Jeez. Well, they have given up on average. Like listen to these numbers, like five, four, four, six, five, three. That's the amount of goals they've given up in those that's those six games. So I don't know what's going on. I, I look we're bringing them up before uh, who do we have left? Um Washington. Washington. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we're gonna play them soon. And they now they gotta play the Rangers, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, then they play us. Um, all pretty like like every two days they're playing. And I hope to, I hope these losing ways keep up because the Flyers will use a break. That's for sure. They sure but, could. But the Flyers have also been known to be a team that teams use to get right back on their season back on track. <laughs> um, but the Rangers playing well, that's going to be tough. They play them twice. Pittsburgh could go either way. They started off the season pretty hot. I think um, Crosby back now. Well, Crosby's definitely back now because I saw him literally chuck somebody into the boards. Yeah, no and, call. Play yeah, on. No call. No fine. No not just <laughs> you be you. Um, so, I mean, that could go either way, but it's looking tough. After that, it lightens up a bit. It depends how you look at it. You know, San Jose, Detroit, Chicago, Ottawa, Nashville. Um, yeah, they could probably figure some things out there in December. But, um, yeah, right now it's not looking good. And in a really tough division where you need points, they're sitting at the bottom. Um, Steve, do you think that they can at least fix their scoring woes enough to where their defense and goaltending and they can start winning some tight games? So I'll say this in terms of the entire Metro, I think things are going to start to even out. I think teams like New Jersey, Columbus, Pittsburgh, they'll, they'll start to fall off there. They've all had hot starts, but I do think that'll even out. And on the flip side, I think the Islanders eventually break out of the funk. Um, You get a couple home games and right now they're dealing with some COVID issues. They've got some injury issues. So I'm I'm thinking that this will even out. The only problem is going to be you're, you're 15 games by the end of this week. You're probably close to 18 games. You're getting close to a quarter of the season now. And if you're in the basement dwellers at, at Thanksgiving is one of the, the main points of the season that teams start to look at. 
if you're in the basement at that time, it's really hard to make the playoffs. Off the top of my head, I don't remember the exact statistics, but I know if you're holding a playoff spot around Thanksgiving, um, you have a very good chance of making the playoffs at the end of the season. And with all the teams in front of them in the Atlantic division with Tampa, Toronto, Florida, all playing well, it's going to be a real uphill battle for them to get close to a playoff spot, let alone make one. So I, I do think that they'll close that gap. They're going to start to tighten up and maybe not give up as many goals. And there's, the goal scoring will start to come. Uh, Barzell's too good to, to be kept really off the score sheet and some of the other guys. But I, I still think that this is the year that maybe some of that magic has worn off. And they don't have they have about a million dollars in cap space as it stands today. I, I don't see them in a prime position to make a, a big move. And really, they're they're just a team that they've added some older players. They're getting a little bit older. Um, I, I think this might be a, a let's call it a, a bit of a retool. Maybe they ship off a couple guys at the trade deadline and and bring in some assets for long term. But I, I have a hard time seeing this team climb back into and making a playoff spot. Like you said, November is that time. If you're holding a playoff spot, it's usually a good idea of what you, how you're going to finish. Yep. Uh, Islanders tend to go against that train, grain, whatever. Um, but they're in last, and it's a tough division. Right. Um, I worry about the Flyers, who are currently in fourth. You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean, they're in eighth. You know, I mean, everybody's above them right now. And they have 12 points. The next closest team is Pittsburgh, who is 18. Right. Like, you know, I mean, you think of the, the Flyers having 19 points and the Rangers above them with 25 is a big dividend, which it is. It's six points, but it's it's six points for them to go from eighth to seventh. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they have of our division, only them and the Blue Jackets have played the least amount of games at 15. Um, the good news, I guess you could say, is a lot of the teams they have played have been some pretty good teams. They get those those Florida tri- those Florida trips out of the way. Unfortunately, you're going to see plenty of Carolina. They're in your division. Uh, you got to hope that Columbus, New Jersey, and maybe even Pitt to an extent comes back down to earth a little bit. Like well, not Pitt, they're already down, but you hope they don't jump up um, with the returning of Malkin or something. Who knows? You hope that you just stay there because I don't. You're not getting any wins off of Carolina. Washington, if you do, I think it's going to be much later in the season when they start to get tired and older. And yep. if that even happens, we we it, you, the trends point that way, but we haven't actually seen it happen to the point where they've missed the playoffs. This is the first year where that makes sense, and we'll talk more about that on our next show. Uh, the Rangers, they're they're like an anomaly. Shashurkin's a stud, Fox is a stud, uh, but they do need some more more center depth. Sometimes their scoring does dry up, and their wingers, their their Capos and their Lafreniere's, they expected more from them. However, the team is 11-4-3, so could you really complain? Um, if those guys do freak out and everybody else stays strong, then they're going to contend with Carolina. If they whatever scoring and defense they have starts to trail off, well, maybe you have something there to, to jump up. But another team that could be tumbling in the standings could be the Flyers. And uh, I don't want to make this a Flyers podcast as much as we're all fans here. Um, and we try to talk about the Metro as much as we can. It needs to be pointed out. If the Islanders are looking at sneaking back into the standings, the, the Flyers, anytime Ellis goes out, they like forget how to sustain any kind of offensive. <laughs> and it was the same with Niskanen to an extent. It's bad. Yep. Yep. Uh, luckily, the goaltending, especially uh, Carter Hart, has been phenomenal. I even argue that Martin Jones has been above average um, from what we, we expected. Um, but they're not scoring. He's talking about goal scoring drying up. The Flyers' power play is a joke. They're not scoring. Um, they're, they have been seeing some tough competition as well. So I'm curious what this, the um, 
the standings are going to look like in a, about a week, week and a half when these teams play each other. And you know what? Maybe if the Islanders turn things around a little bit, I mean, six in a, six in a row losses, you're probably going to get a win soon. Uh, maybe they take one of two from the Rangers and they beat Pitt and all of a sudden things are looking up and up when they come to play Philly. Uh, meanwhile, Philly's got to play – what's what we got this week? I know we got Florida and Tampa. And then Carolina on Friday. Jesus Christ. Like, come yeah. on. Man. Like, we were lucky we got by them the first time. And what, in my opinion, was Hart's best game as a flyer. Yep. It, took, it took that to eke out a 2-1 to one regulation win, which turned out to be huge, and give any points back in OT. Um, yeah, and then we play the Devils on Sunday, and then we'll play on my birthday, November 30th. We will play the Islanders at home. Oh, boy. And I'm sure I'm going to have a very sad birthday. No, <laughs> Don't say that. We'll see. And that's a back-to-back. Then we got to go up to play the Rangers. So, you know what? If I'm an Islanders fan, and I'm looking at who needs to falter, and obviously we need we need to play better. I'm looking at the Flyers right now. You got Ellis is out. Hayes is out again. Um, I don't know what's up with uh, Allison. You know they're they're there's they got some issues to say the least right now. So we'll we'll see what happens. I might be overreacting. Twitter caught fire again. So we'll, we'll always. See. But no, I I just if you're the Islanders, you're just in in a position where if you don't start stringing wins together, that gap, that six point gap that you're seeing, like yeah, they got two games in hands on on Pittsburgh. They're six back, but Columbus is six point up, and they play the same amount of games. So if if you don't start stacking wins. And taking three out of four points, um, maybe five out of six, maybe a six out of six, you're just going to keep falling lower and lower. And if you, the, the the thing with the Islanders was it was always the defense that was going to sustain them. Play tight games, tight checking games, be hard to play against, and you'll win more games than you lose. But in this case, their defense is just what really seems to be letting them down. And I think that's a harder fix than just – maybe uh, getting a little bit of a, of, of puck luck. Um, I think the flyers are, are bit by that a little bit. Uh, I, there's certain times where I think it's of their own doing and maybe others where it's not, but the Islanders, when you have that big of a goal differential, there's some other issue going on. And I don't think Trotz is going to be on the hot seat considering what he's been doing, but it wouldn't shock me if you started hearing little things here and there about guys, maybe getting tired of the style or just tired of, of the voice. And you wonder, I don't think he's going to get fired, but you wonder if there's, there's a little bit of that, bit of that'll, that'll start to creep in, especially if the, the season kind of keeps going on this track. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure they'll turn around at some point. I can't just law of averages and team like that, a coach like that. And just good goaltending. Like if you have bad goaltending, like what the Flyers did last yep. year with the defense and being involved, obviously some will believe in heart and he's, you know, coming back around this year, making me not look like an ass. Um, or even the year we had like nine goalies in that, like you don't survive that. You don't come back from that. It's a, a ever lingering thing. You hope to be okay at some point, right? Not good, not a playoff team. And so I think having not just, I was always, I was never the biggest Varlamov guy. I think the only time I truly thought he was a really going to be good was when he was still kind of young with Washington from then, he's going on to Colorado. Did he make any other stops besides Colorado and now the Islanders? I don't believe so. Oh, I believe one. those are the two. I think that's it, right? And a lot of people, I argue people a lot of times. I remember, yeah, it was. It was him and Neuwirth in Washington, and they both went on. And I always confuse mm-hmm. their locations. Like, Neuwirth is the one who went to Buffalo for a hot second and then elsewhere. Yep, yep. And uh, I'm pretty sure they traded him. Yeah, no, that's a different trade. I forget how I got to Colorado, but he got there. 
I was thinking of the uh, Grubauer trade. But uh, he signed. Permanent. I'm pretty he sure he signed as a free agent. Okay. So, yeah, and then he made his way back to, to the Islanders because they didn't want to keep Leonard. That's a long story. Um, <laughs> and I argue with people, they're just like, oh, you know, Varlov is really good. Well, he's not. He's good, but he's, I don't think he's really good. I think he was perfect for the defense that that team had in front of him. I think a lot of goalies would be pretty good up in there. Uh, I thought when back when they had Grice, Grice was a, a perfect guy for that system. He was, wasn't as talented, but for a long time, Grice was like the number one backup goalie. He's like the Bernier was this year coming in the free mm-hmm. agency. Like, you know, he he was always on some team. He's always getting plenty of um, opportunity to play. And if he was on a really good team, like when he was a pit, that team, he's usually like in the cup. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's, he's just that guy. Um, and Varlamov, I think he's a starter. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's a, the best backup, but I just look at Sorokin. And you're seeing it a little bit this year as things are faltering. The defense isn't as good. So far, Volomov isn't holding up his end to keep that team in games. Where Sorokin, you saw firsthand in Vegas, he he can, he has that ability. Mm-hmm. And we break it down to the the Blackwoods, the Hearts, the Sorokins, and the Shurkins. And I don't even know about Samsonov right now. I, I feel like if Vanacek's I lean slightly him right now, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like solid. These guys are young, but he's come out of like almost nowhere. If you're a Washington fan, and again, we'll talk about this next next show. They wouldn't say he came out of nowhere. It's just because uh, Samsonov was the first over, first round pick, rather. But yeah. um, out of those names that we expect, I got Sorokin, Shosurkin, and Hart as my like one, two, three. Not in any particular Same. order, you know. And it's like they're looking pretty strong right now. And I, I just if they're they need to save money, they'll get rid of Varlamov in a hot second, especially if they can. So I think that I don't know what else they have in the pipeline, and I'm going to transition to that now because this team has been moving a lot of their draft picks to stay relevant and to stay well, not relevant, stay um, to push through because they're contenders. They, going into the season, they were considered contenders, and they've given up a lot of picks. And uh, right now, their top-rated prospect, according to this random list I have here in my own research, um, is Atu Ratty, a center. Uh, who was their second round pick in last year's draft? Now, if that doesn't scream Philadelphia Phillies, where they draft a pick <laughs> and he immediately becomes their top prospect, I don't know what does. And I, I mean, he's a second round pick. So, like, how, yeah, maybe they got a guy who fell. Uh, from what I read, he was ranked pretty high at one point. And then after a bad uh, 2020 to 2021 campaign kind of tumbled down draft boards a bit. This was also a really strange draft. This could be a home run pick for all we know. No, or he could be a second round guy who, you know, maybe he touches the NHL. I don't know. Um, the the thing with their, their guys, it's, it's like a who's who of, of names. When you look at their, their prospect pool, like uh, Michael Dalcole, I mean, he's a name that he's 25. I didn't realize he was that old. Um, you've got, uh, Bodie Wild, who feels like he's always on the precipice of coming up, but he really hasn't had much more than a cup of coffee. Um, and the other guy we talked about before, Kiefer Bellows, like they're they're guys that the name the name recognition is there, but it's like, are they ever going to turn into anything? And right now, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like that's going to be the case, um, especially when Raddy gets drafted last year and he comes all the way up to the top of the the pool. It's like. How good are those guys really? And Simone Holmstrom's another one that I'm kind of excited to see him. He's still only 20, but it, it's like the, you look at some of the guys they have and it's it's names, um, but what are they really going to be when it push comes to shove in the NHL? So I don't know if there's a lot of – there's a ton of hope on the horizon with with this team. Yeah, Bodie Wild's a fun name. He's a guy that 2018 draft uh, – the Flyers had two picks, if you remember. I was He yep. was a guy I had – I liked um, – 
I like Keandre Miller as well for that second mm. pick. Like I wanted Ty Smith, Keandre Miller, and Bodie Wild. At the time, he was rate, rated higher than this. Yeah, he, he, I'm glad we didn't take him. He, I don't like what I've seen. I thought if he was really as good as I thought he would be, he'd be here by now. Um, you mentioned Del Cole, 25. Like I'm like, I almost was like, geez, I almost forgot he was on the team. He's probably their seventh Same. defenseman right now. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe he's an NHL player, or maybe he's more of a Robert Hag to them. I don't know. <laughs> um, that doesn't either way. It doesn't doesn't sound right. And Kiefer Bellows was hilarious. That's a 2016 draft. Like, yeah. yes, he's had more success than than German Rustoff, but what is that telling you? You know, I mean. <laughs> It's no first round pick, 19th overall, 2016 draft. Flyers didn't do much better, as I just alluded to. But, like, yeah, he's been, I've seen him in and out of the lineup at times, much like certain guys we have here, really any anywhere. Nothing special is my point. He's their fourth highest rated prospect on this list. That Holstrom guy you mentioned, 2019 first round pick, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was, he like just made the list at 10. But the wow. weird thing is, the weird thing is, like, people do seem higher on him. So maybe he just needs more time. I don't know. Maybe the COVID screwed him up a little bit. That could uh, be it. Yeah. Yeah. Samuel Bolduck was a uh, left, left-handed defenseman from 2019 second round pick. Yeah. Uh, he's much higher on this list, uh, up at three. And then finally, Robin Sallow, left-handed D-man, but he was drafted in the second round 2017. That's four years ago at this point. I know defensemen take longer to develop. The point is none of these players, in my opinion, are anybody who's like an – do you see any A-level prospects at this point? At this point, I don't. Um, If I look at what they have, the the names you just listed off, and going off of what I know – there's none of those guys that I'm penciling in for a top six role anytime soon, unless something were to change drastically with their game. Um, I, I just don't see any of them stepping into that role or being ready to step into it. So it's like y- you look at the the Flyers. Uh, do they have the best draft pool, uh, prospect pool? No, but like you, at least you, you've got a Morgan Frost that you could potentially see in a top six role. I don't know that it'll ha- ever happen. Oh. But then you got a guy like Ty Forrester. Uh, I believe he just went out with a shoulder injury in the before uh, the Phantoms. But you look at a guy like him, and you you see that there's there's some potential. And maybe if I was an Islanders fan and watching those guys on a nightly basis, I might feel a little bit differently. But knowing what I know about them, I, I can't say that there's any surefire prospects that I'm re- I would really be fired up about. Yeah, no, it seems like the things were looking really bleak until the ratty fell into their their hands there and fell into their lap. Um, Sick with that with you, Will. I thought I got to think that uh, Bellows and Wild aren't anything at this point. You know, anything could happen, but I, I just don't see it. Holstrom, I do think, is ranked a little low, but he's anything, you know, since they drafted – uh, I'd have to say Wallstrom and Dobson in 2018. They re- and they've traded their first round. Let's be real. That's um, true. It's not like they are a team that's rebuilding and need these picks. This is just where they're at. They do have their first round picks in the next couple of years coming up. It's not like they have nothing. It's not like the Penguins, but they have nothing coming. Um, I just, out of the prospects they have, I guess I like Ratty a little bit. I'd even watch that one and see what happens. They have a goaltender in um, Christian Lennox. Does that really matter with Sorokin at this point? I, I mean, yeah. like we're looking at trade bait. Um, we'll see with Holstrom. And now, not a whole lot coming, not a whole lot to dangle uh, if they need to add again. And then you're looking at trading another first-round pick. I don't know if that's something you want to do. Um, but, yeah, so. Just, just for uh, for informational purposes, I, I checked out uh, Rad A's stats, and he was the, I believe he's 52nd overall pick. You know how many points he had in 35 games in Finland? Uh, in their their league last year, you want to take a guess? Well, I thought I read that he had a bad 
He had six points. Oh my he's, god, that's and he's bad. their number one prospect. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was that bad of a, of a campaign he had. Yeah. He was ranked really high before that. Um, last year's draft, as we all know, was really weird. So I don't know. It could go either way, I guess. But um, right now they're they're ready. They're built to win. So um, are we really? Are you, if you're an Islanders fan, are you really that concerned? I don't think so. True. Um, and you're just going to try to prolong this as long as you can. And Tampa Bay got weakened, so if they can somehow you know power through and get back to where they were become that team in the playoffs again. Maybe somehow they find a way to add somebody else. You know, it's going to be a goal scorer. I mean, if, yeah. if Columbus falls off, they're going to be, <laughs> they're going to be like, uh, uh, Patrick, going Line. Like Patrick Line and whatnot. You know, I don't know how the finances work. Don't ask me. I'm not there yet. I'm just saying, um, you know, or maybe they wind up with like a Phil Kessel or something, the lower end, uh-huh. upper end one year. I don't know. But like, my point is they got to do something about their goal scoring. That's always been an issue. Even when they've been as good as they have been, uh, last year and the year before. So anything else on the, on the Islanders before we move on to the, uh, the league itself? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I, I mean, they're a team that I'm definitely going to keep my eye on. Um, Barry Trotz, I, I do love his coaching style. Um, to a point, I wish he gave a little bit more freedom, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I do kind of really enjoy watching the Islanders just fall off because I've been saying it. I, I don't know how they've been winning games the way that they had in the past couple of years. And the, the fact that they went to seven with the or the uh, the lightning, I, I still can't figure it out. So I, I'm kind of enjoying the uh, the misery that they're facing now. I am too, especially in the sense, just from a Flyers perspective, that like we cannot have this whole division be good. Like that's right. No, exactly. Someone's got to suck. When you, we were banking on Columbus, New Jersey, being at the bottom, and then like Pitt and Washington, at least one of them falling off. And I, I freaking picked the Islanders to win a goddamn division. <laughs> yeah, I finally came around in Carolina and went yeah. from either fourth or fifth to uh, to like second or something. Thankfully, but like Jesus, last place. So I'll run. I'll run down the metro as we stand up today, uh, November twenty second. The the creme de la creme, the Rob Brindamore, sixteen games played, fourteen wins, two losses, zero overtime. Their goal differential they have twenty eight points for a goal differential of twenty four. Following that up is uh, with three games, three more games played is the Washington who sits at nineteen games played, eleven three and five for twenty seven points and plus twenty goal differential. Wait, you see how this trails off and there's the, uh, the rangers who are off to a hot start 18 games played 11 4 and 3 for 25 points and they are even then the flyers at 16 games played 8 5 and 3 19 points they are negative one and the new jersey devils have the exact same record and goal differential that's crazy so we are the at this point through the season we are the new jersey devils um then you got columbus the uh, Voracek led columbus blue jackets 15 games played. They're nine and six, 18 points here, plus three goal differential. The uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, 17 games played for seven, six, and four. They are tied with Columbus at 18 points. Their goal differential is even. And finally, as we mentioned earlier, Columbus, or I'm sorry, the New New York Islanders, 15 games played, which is the lowest, five, eight, and two, 12 points, minus 16. Um, So we talked about the Islanders, talked about every team essentially except for Washington. But looking at those standings, our predictions at the beginning of the year, um, mind you, we, at 16 games played, that seems to be the mid, the uh, average. What's your um, what's your take on everything so far with this division? So Columbus and New Jersey have really surprised me. I, I didn't expect them to 
um, be where they are now, at least record-wise. I mean, they're fifth and sixth in the division, but that's not really indicative of what they've done thus far. Um, they've both scored some, been scoring some goals, um, getting some decent goaltending. Um, it seems like Brad Larson is Columbus playing pretty well. They're missing Jake Borch, uh, Jake Borch, uh, Patrick Line too. He went out with, I believe, an ob- oblique injury. Um, and I think he's still a couple weeks away from returning. So the fact that they've been holding um, without him is is a pretty good sign. Merzlikens is he's a heck of a goalie. Um, he's really good. Even after trading Seth Jones, his team's team's playing well. Wierenski looks good. Um, New Jersey, they've still surprised me. I, I still think that they're going to fall off. I, I just don't. I look at their lineup. I don't think they're talented enough to continue what they're doing um, from a, a top bottom perspective. Um, the Rangers, I think they've come out the gate the way they finished last year and they're, they're, they've stayed hot. Um, Shesterkin is again, the, I mean, this division is just full of good goalies. Um, he's playing out of his mind. Um, the, I, I think the team's playing very well. If they can start getting some contributions from, uh, Lafreniere and Kako, I, I do think it's sustainable, but I think if those guys don't take a step forward, you, you, figure that some of these players will start to level off. Um, I'm a big believer of you are kind of what you've done in the past uh, for the most part, where you got guys going on hot streaks and cold streaks. It all evens out in the end. So I think if, if you don't get a step forward from the, some of those guys, you will see this team kind of level off. I kind of feel the same way about Washington. Um, Ovechkin is the guy is a machine. Uh, not much else you can say about him. Um, he just scores goals and, the greatest goal scorer of all time, hands down. Um, I, I do think that though you alluded to it a little bit, I could see them falling down a little bit. Um, I, I think they'll even out their age might catch up with them. They didn't really make any additions that make them terribly better. Um, they should get Backstrom back at some point, but I do still think that they'll, they'll level off a bit. Carolina, watch them play. It's, it's, it's a clinic uh, on a nightly basis. Anderson looks very comfortable there. You get him out of Toronto, and he he looks like a much better goaltender. And then Pittsburgh, they're doing kind of what I expected, and the Islanders we talked about. So it's going to be a tough division to come out of. Um, it's going to be a dogfight night in and night out. But you know what? At the same time, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and early on, I, I'll be honest with you, I, off the top of my head, Flyers have barely seen their own division outside of uh, Carolina, and I think they've played Pitt and Washington once each. Uh, Carolina, all once each. I think that's it. Other than that, they've been playing uh, Boston a couple of times. A couple of West Coast guys came yep. came over, and then we played our Florida teams, which we're about to play again. Oh yeah. Um, but the other pieces of the division, I heard that the Devils and the Rangers had a, a real hell of a game, just an amazing game. Um, I'm looking forward to playing Columbus. I, I hope we get back to healthy when we do that. I don't want to get beat by Columbus and Voracek, and he, you know he's because he cares this year. Uh-huh. Because he just got traded. You know, next year, do I think he's going to play like this much of a chip on his shoulder? No, I don't even know if it lasts his full season, honestly. You know, and we'll see. I don't want to talk too much smack. It's you know, it is what it is. Um, but I need that. I need that team to fall off. I need, what we do? Us and the Islanders need that team to fall off. So, yep. don't want to be giving away points like you said early. It should be interesting if teams do get themselves into a hole who can crawl out of that hole and you know how's the olympics going to affect things and should be a really interesting hate with the team we have now i hate being in this division like you wouldn't believe i'd almost rather have a top heavy division you know maybe we're playing florida tampa 
night in night or every now and then a couple times a season because you know you're going to steal points you're going to steal some points and then for the most part you're playing some other teams that are manageable but this division like everything's so important i watched two other teams they go to a shootout and i'm, I'm thinking to myself well that's a point for each of them that's great and something <laughs> point and it's it's like it's really tough it sucks just a really really weird year already to begin with trying to get back to normal and um, you, you don't have any doormats really in this division like if you look at the atlantic you got montreal who's just a joke right now um ottawa i mean i i kind of like what they're doing but they're just not there yet they've only got nine points and then buffalo like you don't have that in our division like the islanders at 12 points you still know that the islanders are going to compete on a on a nightly basis and you're not taking anything for granted playing against them like it, it's not like you're just going to show up and get a win despite how they're playing um, if it's Flyers, Islanders, you know you're going to be in for a battle. And the Central, you've got Chicago, who seems to be turning it around a little bit, but they were a doormat. Arizona sucks. Dallas, until the Flyers played them, they were atrocious. Um, and then you look at the Pacific. Vancouver is – I don't know what the hell they're doing. Seattle, the the Dave Haxtalls are kind of a joke right now. Um, who could have called the, that one? Yeah, the shocker there. Um, San Jose is decent, but then you got a couple other good teams. Uh, but the the the, Met, the Metro, it's just every night's going to be a dogfight. And like you said, if you get those overtime games, each team gets a point. It's just hard to gain ground. So you can't go on losing streaks. Um, and you gotta you gotta collect points as much as you can. You gotta be getting those five and six. Um, otherwise, you're just going to fall out of the race. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm, you know, if they play teams like uh, Calgary, Toronto, Florida, um, Carolina, and all those teams are in Tampa, they're all at the top of the top of the league really right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And like you said, in the West over there, a lot of teams, bottom dwelling teams, Vancouver is supposed to, I think there's supposed to be an announcement about their team or something soon or something's going on with them. Something's and, happening. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a fire sale or something. Maybe it seems a little early for that, but you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, there's still plenty of time to turn things around, but you don't want to get behind in this division as we alluded to. No, I mean, at least they're not playing their own division every night. (laughs) I mean, that actually would benefit a team like the, uh, the Islanders. Although if they had this start, that wouldn't be very good and it would kill the flyers. But, um, you know, that was, uh, that wasn't bad. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. I'm really curious next time we get together, uh, if there's how much standings have changed, I have an idea of where I th- what I think they're going to do, and I just want to know if I'm right. Um, it's not good for the Flyers. We'll just say that. That's my one thing. Uh, and I can only imagine. You know, there's got nowhere to go but up. So those are probably the biggest movers. I'll say this. Like I said, I think the Islanders even out. Um, I do think some of the Flyers' woes will even out. They're just – their goal scoring dried up. And if – if this lineup is healthy, I, I think we'll see more of what we saw in the beginning of the season. Um, they're kind of playing that hold on for dear lifestyle right now where you don't sustain pressure, but you just try and keep the team outside. And that's a lot of what we saw the Islanders do for a while uh, for the last couple of years, where it's just try not to give up high danger chances and capitalize when you have an opportunity. And I, I think the Flyers can turn that around with some health um, and maybe some guys kind of, finding their groove again. Um, but you just you hope it happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, especially because you don't want to fall behind. So uh, hopefully somebody can come back who was hurt and can stay healthy because both Ellis and Hayes out. But um, before I make Amazing. this final pod, I'll uh, 
we'll sign off here. So Steve, anything else on the division or the Islanders before we say goodbye? No, I think that's it. I, I do think that as we go from week to week and every time we talk, I, I do think the standings are probably going to change quite a bit. And I think you'll get a pretty good sense of who's good um, and who's who's a pretender and who's actually a contender in this division. Um, probably in a month or so time, right around Christmas, I'm going to guess that our, our probably you can predict who's going to make the playoffs from this division at that point. Yeah, I think you're right. And I'm hoping the Flyers are somehow in that mix. And just from my prediction standpoint, I hope the Islanders uh, show me some forms of life. I mean, I do, <laughs> the Flyers are going to be okay if they didn't. Somebody needs to be at the bottom of the league. I True. just I would be absolutely shocked if it was that they stayed. Even if they don't make the playoffs, there's no way they stay at the very bottom. Like, I just can't see it. I, I can't either. Yeah, so. Well, only time will tell. We'll see. We've seen a lot weirder things happen in this league. A lot of some like when San Jose fell off, they acquired True. Eric Carlson and then just fall off a cliff. So like anything could happen. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, that's why there's uh, about a hundred thousand different podcasts out there. Cause there's not one you can go to because nothing makes sense <laughs> except for HW. You can always go to HW because we'll always keep it real. And as I exactly. want to remind everybody, Yeats, Yeats, the official sunglasses of high and wide podcast. HW for 10% off. Uh, stylish. You're the, make yourself the Macho Man Randy Savage of whatever you're doing. Get some flyers, colors, ones. Why not? Uh, and of course, my bookie. Spell this one out high and wide. Double your first deposit up to $2,000. 1000 plus 1000 equals 2000 That's how it works. So, other than that, we'll uh, have to catch you next time. 